Are you unhappy and unfulfilled in life? Oh my God, yes! Do you want to discover the joy that life has taken from you? Yes, I'll do anything. Then you need the Quantum Temporal Consciousness Shifter. Huh? The what now? The Quantum Temporal Consciousness Shifter. Quante, quandu, temporary... Con... conservation shift... stick... huh? The Quantum Temporal Consciousness Shifter. Uh... Okay, fine. It's a time machine. New! From the insanely chaotic mind of Elon Muscovite and top of the capitalist pyramid self-promoter, Opera Winfrey. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. What? I thought time travel was only theoretical. You can't pronounce temporal, but you have no problem throwing around the word theoretical. What's up with that? I'm miserable here. Just tell me about the time machine. Well, technically, it's not really a time- Seriously, I'm so lonely. Give me the deets on the template shenanigan thing. Oh my god, I'm in a dead-end desk job. I could travel back in time, buy Bitcoin, and be wealthy beyond imagining. I... I could travel into the future, find my soulmate at a train station right before he gets on the train and we could fall in love! My future soulmate! A train station? It's my dream back off, Bitcoin bitch. Easy Hallmark Channel. Stay with me now, guys. Loving your enthusiasm. But the quantum temporal... Time machine, get to it. I'm growing poorer by the minute. Seriously, I am dying of thirst for my future lover here. Get to it. <clears throat> the, the quantum temporal consciousness shifter transports you into the present moment. Wait. Hold up. Yes, that's right. This time machine only takes you to the present. But I need to get to the past. Uh, Bitcoin? Riches? And I need to go to the future? Soulmate? Perfect timing, all that? But guys, the key to what you really want is happiness, and that's only found in the present moment. I... I don't get it. Seriously? That's right, hear me out. The past and the future aren't real. The past is over and the future is nothing but possibility. True joy is only available to you in the present. And that's why we're bringing you the quantum- What the hell? Fucking lame. But you just said you'd do anything to be happy. Not that. Guys, hold on a second. Opera Winfrey wants you to know- Shittiest time machine ever. I'm suing. Uh, now, hold on there. Everyone just calm down. I never said the quantum temporal consciousness shifter was a time machine. You did, though. Yup. You did. Uh, but I didn't. Don't need a real time machine to remember that you did. Fancy that. A time machine that actually works. Unlike this busted Quimby temp agency shyster bullshit you're trying to sell us on. Now, guys, guys, Joanne from Marketing was very specific that you get the name right. It's the Quantum Temporal Consciousness... Rotted. Zero out of ten. Would not buy again. Uh, leave us a five-star review and you'll receive a free gift. Ooh, free gift. Wow, I'm moist. Yeah, a free gift as worthless as this ratchet time machine. That doesn't work. Wow, you guys are real assholes. I wish I'd made better life choices. If only you had a time machine. Shit out of luck on that one, ain't ya? <clears throat> the quantum temporal consciousness shifter is currently out of stock in stores. 
Who could have seen that coming? Your competitor with non-shitty time machines that go into the future and the past. Time machines that actually work. Wow, this is getting personal. Now you're making fun of my voice. Yeah, we've moved on into the future. Leave your hurt feelings in the past. It's over, remember? You guys are total dicks. And I think I just lost my job. How am I going to find my lover with, with, with this? this anyway, the quantum temporal consciousness shifter can be yours for the low, low price of only $19.99. This is so stupid. Stupid! Order today and receive yeah, a free yeah, bottle of yeah. Saka. I'll give him a present. Yeah, his finger up his ass. Barbara from Legal has just asked me to reiterate that again, it's not a time machine, which I don't need to reiterate because I never actually said that. You did. Fuck you. Call 1-800-TIM-TRBL to order now. Double fuck you. Also available in a body spray. Lame. Hello, I'm Chardonnay Morning, and I just finished Oprah and Deepak's 21-day meditation experience. And I don't feel like stabbing my roommates for the moment. Namaste. Salutations, this is Himalayan Salt Lick. My pronouns are quartz and crystal. I just bought a bundle of sage, and my murderous tendencies went from a nine to an eight. And I'm Wolfheart. I'm roommates with Chardonnay Morning, and I have to be honest, I'm a little scared right now. And welcome to our spiritual podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Love your glasses. Thanks. I have glasses now. You look really smart. Mm. Looks can be deceiving. <laughs> I said that joke twice today to you. Yes, you did. We know you like to recycle your material, get a lot of miles out of it. I'm trying to get a better laugh this time than I did the first time. But. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? Cue the cricket sound. <laughs> How are you, Jerry? I'm good. I'm a little, um, I had a little trouble with the uh, recording setup, but I think it's solved. I've noticed. Oh, really? We started, we got here, what, like at two o'clock and it's eight o'clock, so it's fine. I thought you were smart. Oh, we have a guest in the studio. Sorry, it's Patrick. Patrick. Sorry, Jerry, can you get professional? <laughs> Sorry, Patrick, our issues are showing. It's okay. Good to see y'all. It's good to see you too. Thanks for joining us. You're looking salty today. I know. <laughs> Patrick is wearing an amazing sweatshirt that just says salty on it. That's it. That's it. And it's pink. Himalayan pink. I put salt on everything. Patrick? Yeah. Can I take you home with me and put you on everything? I'm really glad to be here, you guys. <laughs> Anytime Patrick rolls his eyes at me, we take a drink. We're going to run out of alcohol pretty quickly. <laughs> no, we've been talking about having Patrick on for a long time, and finally we got you here in, this, in the KOIS studios. Oh, that's the, what it's called? I didn't... What is this called? K Koi? What's Koi's? I thought this was called Knock Off Your Shit. That'd be N-O-Y-S. Oh <laughs> yeah, the glasses really aren't helping much. Um <laughs> Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you know us? Why are you here? What, like, what makes Patrick, Patrick? Um, hi, I'm Patrick. I'm good friends with Jerry and Sam. Um, That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> you were friends, 
Um, and we met through uh, theater, uh, doing theater and just kind of being part of the San Diego theater community. You're one of the funniest people I know on stage and off. Patrick's like the funniest guy in the room that nobody hears. <laughs> that's true. Like, he's the guy that's, like, making this subtle, like, offhanded joke that nobody hears. But, like, the other theater people are so loud. They're the ones that we're all hearing. But Patrick's, like, the funny, subtle one in the corner with his red fan being salty. That's why I'm always next to Patrick so I can hear those little salty. (laughs) Every time I'm hanging out with you, Patrick, it's just a good old time. I'm not talking shit about anyone. I'm just, sometimes I have an observation. I'm going to say it. Like we, we all were judging Jerry's Crocs today. It's okay, Patrick. You can judge it out loud. <laughs> you can judge me all you want, but God damn it, I am a convert. I judged myself for years. And I would always borrow my fiance's Crocs or I'd borrow my dad's Crocs. Fiance? Seven years, TikTok. We get it, Sam. <laughs> we've been engaged for a long time. Five years we've been engaged, seven years we've been together, TikTok. Um <clears throat> But Crocs are amazing. They're an amazing multi-purpose foot garment. Um, it's a crock of shit right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did a six-hour hike in them wow. in Big Bear this Thank week. Thank you for the birth control. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe it's why I'm not married yet. Um, <laughs> no, he has his own Crocs, and I always steal his. Now I have my own. So we wore them to In-N-Out Burger the other day. And we drove my hybrid. I've never been less fuckable than I am right now. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, how have you knocked off your shit recently? Well, so Vince and I were in Big Bear this this week. And um, I noticed myself getting moody and letting myself get into my head with stories mm-hmm. and complaints. And when I realized I was doing it and I realized that I had many tools that I could use to change my state... I resisted. So then I realized, okay, I'm choosing to be this miserable sack of shit on a vacation in a beautiful place. I could be being present right now and enjoying myself and my time with my fiance and our dogs in nature. It was so beautiful up there. There was still snow on the ground. There was snow on the peaks. And I'm pissy about what exactly? Like Maybe you- were you wearing Crocs in the snow or... <laughs> Could have been cold. Let it go with the Crocs. Um, <laughs> Is that why you have cold feet? Oh it's going to be a long night, Sam. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I realized that I was I was being ridiculous. There was no reason to be in a bad mood. Everything was great. It was just me and my fucking stories. So I used my tools. I used EFT, and I tapped myself out of the stressful state into a good mood, and I was able to be present and really enjoy the rest of the trip. So that's how I knocked off my shit. How about you, Sam? How'd you knock off your shit this week? Well, actually, Jerry, I kind of have a similar story about traveling with partner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were on a road trip with... I mean, we survived... With your non-fiancé. Oh. (laughs) Two can play that game, bitch. Wow. Scared of a commitment, okay? Cold feet, party of two. (laughs) We got off on the wrong foot here. Okay, so... (laughs) Mark and I drove from Chicago to Arizona. 
I think that is like a, the ultimate test in relationship is in a car. And we did great for the most part. But I started my period hardcore in Lincoln, Nebraska. Did you overflow your diva cup? Hey. <laughs> diva cup is a sin. Huh? I'm sorry. If I ever see like <laughs> blood clot remnants in a... <laughs> Applebee's uh, restroom from a diva cup. I will. It's going <laughs> down. Someone. It started with Chili's. Now we're at Applebee's. Next, it'll be like a Waffle House. You'll be talking about emptying your diva cup oh, at a Waffle House. Chicken pot pie restaurant at a on Caro's. Yeah, Boulevard. the chicken pie shop on El <laughs> This show is not sponsored by the chicken pie shop. Chicken pot pie. Three of my favorite things. I stole that joke from Jimmy Gaffigan. But I found myself getting the same thing with you, Jerry, creating these stories and narratives. Yeah. And I was so cranky driving through Lincoln, Nebraska. And like the only thing that was available for food was Chick-fil-A. And so we went to Chick-fil-A. It directed us towards a college campus. So I had to get out and like <laughs> find the Chick-fil-A in the college campus. And there was two options. It was like a burger or chicken nuggets. And I'm with all of these kids in Lincoln, Nebraska. 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 Chick-fil-A, Nebraska. And then I go to the bathroom. And it was like, I, it was like ectoplasm in the bathroom. <laughs> you I was should... like, what is coming out of me? Listener, you should see Patrick's face right now. <laughs> and I was in the worst mood and it's so hard when you're in a car driving in Lincoln, Nebraska and you can't hide from somebody and I just like tried to put a pillow up to my face to like shield myself and like from being vulnerable and cranky that's <laughs> but not we... obvious <laughs> but we made it uh, to Boulder which was beautiful and then I like showered and then I was able to breathe and just like come back and be like I'm sorry for acting that way <laughs> and just trying to like witness myself having an emotional experience but like trying to like not attach to the emotions yeah. it's hard yeah it is it is we don't think we're inside a story we think we're seeing reality mm -hmm. and it was my birthday and so i was creating all these stories of like i'm in lincoln nebraska and eating chick-fil-a from a college campus and i could be partying with all my friends and i had a little tantrum i was wearing a leprechaun bow tie because it's march 17th that's my birthday and i just took it off and threw it like a little baby <laughs> mark's a saint he was just driving like it's okay sammy <laughs> We're still together, though. This bitch is crazy, and we're three states away from salvation. <laughs> I could leave her at a rest stop, but <laughs> maybe that's illegal. <laughs> Poor Mark. <laughs> it was like the shittiest version of Mario Kart you can possibly imagine. <laughs> oh, that's love. That's love. I can't, I can't believe he still likes me. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm great. How did, how did you knock off your shit recently? I am um, going to be participating in VAMP this month. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with So See We All. It's a storytelling showcase. And you go through uh, these critique sessions. <laughs> yes. We're both familiar. <laughs> and I... Sam, don't spit out your drink. <laughs> um, first of all, love So See We All. Love the people who run... Mm -hmm. The organization and everything, and I love Vamp, and I 
I'm really, I'm really into it. So you go through these critique sessions. Uh, my first one was a couple days ago. My story is kind of written in like this poetic format. For the most part, they got it, and they, I had some really good feedback. But um, when I was trying to finish the piece, uh, again, they were being very nice. And one of the part, one of the participants who was in the critique session was like, she just gave me a comment, and I. I just didn't like the comment. Mm -hmm. What'd she say? Um, she was like, well, maybe you can go back. I was, she, she was like, maybe you can reference this thing you mentioned earlier for the ending. Mm -hmm. And just immediately I was like, I mean, I didn't say anything out loud, but I was like, no, <laughs> just kind of like, no, you don't know anything. <laughs> um, and I was about to like interject and be like, uh, no. but I just, I just took the comment. Mm -hmm. I like caught myself mm. And I took the comment and I just said, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down the comment. I'm not going to do what she said, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. I, had, I really had to like catch myself. Good for you. Yeah. That's, that's hard to do. <laughs> that I mean, so hard to do. Especially in, you know, part of the reason we brought you on the show today, Patrick, is to talk about why it's not working. Creativity is a wonderful way, a wonderful frame to look at that issue. Like when, when it's not working, when things aren't flowing for us. And when you create something from the, from the pit of your soul. Yeah, and something so personal. So personal. And then you subject it to all these critiques by these fucking randos. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> who are also themselves gifted writers that are in the workshop. And, and who um, are also being vulnerable. Exactly. It, it's, it's really challenging. But that's kind of the magic of the experience, right? It's going to get over yourself. Yeah. You stop being precious about your writing. and you. So it's, it really is an act of grace and vulnerability to be able to accept critiques while also being like, Thank you so much. I won't be using that advice, but mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. That takes uh, that takes some balls. Mm -hmm. So the theme is what, Jerry? So the theme is why it's not working. Mm. Now, what do I mean by why it's not working? Well, this is a this is sort of a self help spiritual show, <laughs> um, and it's a it's a show for people that like to laugh at fart jokes but also for people that probably have some investment in self-growth, in, in self-healing. And many of the people that are invested in that type of work ultimately will come up against a time when it's not working. Mm -hmm. Whether it's therapy, coaching, a workshop experience, a program they're enrolled in, something that they're doing to try to heal and change themselves it stops working or maybe it doesn't work at all and they just give up. And my office is kind of like the last stop for people that have tried everything else. So I'm very familiar with this on both sides of the chair. I have been the person for whom it's not working and I have sat with people for whom it's not working. And so I've had clients ask me very frankly, why is it not working? Or why didn't it work when I did this thing five years ago? Or why is it not working now, but it worked last time I did it? So we're going to do kind of a multi-part series on why it's not working. So this is why it's not working, part one. Part one. Good to see you, Pam and Matrick. How are you both doing? Fine. Fine is never good. Don't start. 
No, you don't start. <sighs> you see this, Dr. Harry? We aren't working. It's time for a divorce. Just tell me where to sign. Right here, on my left ass cheek. Right on the dotted cellulite? <gasps> okay, okay. Let's all just take a pause. Let's just try and get present and grounded. Take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. Uh, now, Pam, let's start with you. Then we'll have Matrick speak. Pam, tell me about the month. Well, I just get so frustrated with Matrick. Describe what that frustration looks like. It looks like a gremlin stabbing me in my heart. Uh-huh. Interesting. I'm, I'm familiar. Uh, do you feel like Matrick has betrayed you recently? Yes. It was five years ago, Pam. I have the conch, penis face. Now, Pam, tell me about the betrayal. <sighs> well, one day when Matrick was taking a shower, I decided to unlock his phone and scroll through his history. And do you know what I found? Matrick had been texting with his ex-girlfriend. And the texts were extremely inappropriate. He was sending her boomerangs, inspirational quotes by Eckhart Tolle, and pictures of his paleo lunches. She was going through a hard time, Pam. I was just... Shh, just trying to... Shh, you don't even... Shh, Ever since then, I've lost all trust for Matrick Feiyuyu. I can't get past it. Hmm, I see. Matrick, tell me about what's going on for you this past month. I'm fine. Ugh. Okay, um, anything on your mind? Just work stuff. Describe how work makes you feel. It feels like I have a to-do list as long as a CVS receipt circulating in my brain always. It's like I can't shut the list off, even when I'm trying to unwind and watch International House Hunters. And what would happen if you let go of the list? I can't do that. Why not? If I let go of the list, I let go of my security. If I let go of my security, I could lose everything I've worked so hard for. I see. Well, here's what I'm noticing. Pam... You're so wrapped up in a past moment that it's affecting your present with Matrick. Matrick, you're so scared of the future that it's impossible to be present with Pam. And now that we are all conscious of that, you're both in luck. You can both make a choice to let that go today. Pam, you can choose to forgive Matrick for the texting incident. And Matrick, you can choose to let go of that work list when five o'clock hits and be present with your wife. Can you both choose that for yourselves and each other? Um, no. Sorry, Harry, I can't let go of that incident. And I can't let go of my list. If I let that go, then he wins, and I'm saying that that behavior is acceptable. If my brain is blank, then I would be at peace, and that is terrifying. <laughs> Well, that's our time. Session's up. I told you therapy wouldn't work, Pam. Matrick! I'll see you in the car. And I'll see you next month, Dr. Harry. <sighs> Son of a bitch, I knew I should have become a proctologist. So, 
Patrick and Sam, what is this show about? It is about presence. 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 Good. Very good. Yes, it's about presence. <laughs> now, why are we talking about presence in the context of why it's not working? What do, what do I mean by that? What does presence even mean? It means something my daddy gives me after he yells at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow, there's presence. a lot to unpack there. Uh, Patrick, any, <laughs> anything to contribute? <laughs> Love you, Belgian. Love you, Wheelie. <laughs> what, is, what does presence mean to you, Patrick? As an artist, for example. It's just being there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. Seeing Patrick perform, he's like such an, uh, a performer that is present. Yeah. Patrick is like a quintuple threat. He is. Dancer, singer, actor, model, mm -hmm. diplomat. Model. I'm not a diplomat. I am not a diplomat. Uh, just showing up and being there, I think, presence is just being there in the moment and not thinking about of what you just did and not thinking about what could be ahead. It's just kind of just being there in the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as an artist, and you know, this is for you too, Sam, as an artist, as a performer, as a writer, a creator of any kind, when you're not present in the process, how does it go? It goes horribly. It goes, I mean, you, you just, you are so preoccupied about what could happen, you know? So yeah, you kind of just start getting in your head and you start just not focusing on what's in front of you or what you have to do right now. You know, I could, I could have been like, Oh, I missed, I missed that step in that one dance number. And now I'm still thinking about it. Oh, now we're in this number. And now I'm messing up this number because I'm so focused on what happened before mm -hmm. and how embarrassing that was, or you're stuck in the past. Right. Yeah. So when you're in the past, you're not available to be in the present. And how does that affect your performance as it's viewed by your audience or your cast member, your fellow cast members? Yeah, well, I'm not giving a quality performance. I'm not giving the show that people paid for. Right. Really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Sam, in your work with special needs kids, if you're not present with them, how does it go for you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they sense it. <laughs> yeah. The, actually, I think that's why I love working with neurodiverse individuals because they're extremely present. Yeah. Um, and you must be too. And to be I have them. to match that energy. Um, so they're great Buddha teachers in that way. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They can tell, like, if you're not, if you, you don't have that one-on-one -on -one attunement with them, they, they know. So... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be completely present. And yeah. it, it, but, but that's why I find that work, you know, to help, it gives me energy and it helps me thrive because I do feel alive and present with them. Um, but I oscillate between thinking about the past and the <laughs> worried about the future for sure <laughs> yeah. all the time. So that's why, yeah, meditation helps me a lot with that. It really does. And that's kind of the point of all mindfulness practices is to bring you into the present moment. And I want to kind of distinguish, and maybe it's too fine a distinction, but I want to just explore what presence means in kind of a dual way. One is presence in this moment, present when you're performing, 
in the moment. You're not thinking about what went wrong, the line you flubbed, which nobody will ever, ever know but you and your castmates. Right. Audience has no idea. Right. <laughs> um, the line that you flubbed or thinking about the future and worrying about what's coming up. So there's a, there's a type of presence that when we talk about it, it's like being in the now, right? Mm-hmm. Not being in the past, not being in the future, being in the present. Mm-hmm. That's so important but it's also the only fucking sane thing to do because the future ain't real and the past is done. Mm. So literally if we spend any time in either of those, we're nuts. Mm-hmm. We're in a fantasy. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're either in the fantasy that we can change something that already happens or in a fantasy that we can keep something from happening or try to force something from happening, try to force something to happen that we don't even know if it's even a possibility yet. So being present in the moment is kind of the only sane thing to do, the only sane response. It's so hard to do sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I find it's been really hard to stay present this past year. Yeah. And having, and you know. Lots of time for reflection this year. For sure. <laughs> but I find it also like... Um, I've had to be more creative about how to get present. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that with the anxiety of, of COVID and, you know, work theater being done for a year, a, a lost art, it's like you do, you instantly go, oh, uh, I'm scared. Well, I have employment to survive. It's like those like mm-hmm. animal instincts kick in of survival. Right. And so that fear takes a hold, but like having to look in and be like, okay, I have a roof over my head. I have Twyla and Bill here protecting me and, and feeding me dinners at night. And like, I'm okay. I'm safe. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, but it's a process for me. It's been a process this year of like finding presence, but like, I think uh, going to the old wounds and the roots and all of that and like unpacking that and like letting old narratives go out the door and like recreating yourself. It, like I, I suddenly feel like, like I have joy <laughs> the past couple weeks, but it's been quite a hard time for me to get present. Yeah. So you move closer into joy as you let stuff go from yeah. the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or let go of worry for future. And know that like, for me, what's helping with my anxiety during this year is um, like giving it up to a higher power. Like mm-hmm. there's like, I think that we've all learned that we don't have control <laughs> this year. Yeah. We think we do and we don't. And yeah. so when it's like letting go of that. And being reminded of like what you have and what you're grateful for mm-hmm. instead of like, oh, I wish I had that or what's the next hustle for me to get this, you know, it's kind of to just stay sane, you have to kind of sometimes remind yourself of, well, at least I have this. I'm grateful for that. I have this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I also find that gratitude, forcing gratitude when you're in a funk is, is pretty impossible <laughs> in my experience yeah. of like, if I'm feeling anxious about the past or the future and I'm like, I'm grateful for so-and-so. It's like you're I'll focus to- on the positive. There's toxicity in that. Yeah, toxic positivity, which is to say kind of what you're saying is you're called to be present with how you are feeling now. 
not trying to get away into some brighter future colored by gratitude and spirituality, but you're like, I need, I feel like shit. I need to be present with that. And being present with how you feel now is the thing that allows you to let it go. Yes. Right. And it can be very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes, it sure can. <laughs> it sure can. But I don't know. It it uh, feels feels good when you go in. Yeah, it's it's a strange irony. It's something we've talked about on the show before. But when you feel crummy, what is the fastest way to feel better? Numb yourself. Okay, that's um. We're gonna have to review the show notes. I don't think that was in there, but no. Uh, Allow yourself to feel crummy. Oh. Be present with how you're feeling. You know, let it out. Let it be what it is. And by being present with yourself in that way, now you can start to let it go because you've experienced it. You've It's come through you. You've worked through it, and now you can move forward. But we can't move forward until we're present. We can't be in the future until we've been in the present. We're going to talk about the Book of the Month Club which is a wonderful recommendation. It's probably familiar to many of you, but something that this teacher says is if you are, if your life is colored by a lot of anxiety, you're probably spending too much time in the past. (laughs) Third time's a charm. (laughs) Ghost of Christmas Christmas past. Future. If you have anxiety, future. If you have a lot of anxiety, it's because your mind is in the future. Mm. You're worrying it. There you go. F- future. Patrick, you want to vote? I've read this book a million times, too. Uh, clearly, seems I wasn't present with it. Seems to have done wonders for you. Um, <laughs> I'll just say it now. You know when you, like, read a book? Just say the book. I'm not going to say the book yet. Be present. That's for the future. I know. I'm a very anxious person. I need to know now. Not enough proof. What am I going to tell me? Presence tease. Um, <laughs> present. The book is the power of now. <laughs> By Eckhart Tolle. Tolle. <laughs> Tolle. Great book. Is it? It is a book. Oh, okay. I do remember a quote from that. It, he said, this book is dedicated to my mom. No, the quote. <laughs> we're not doing the book yet. We're not doing the book of the month. I thought we were talking about it. No, it's at the end of the show notes. Stick with the show notes. For Christ's sake, hanging on the cross, be present with what's there. Fine. How has presence changed your work? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Patrick, I'm shopping for a new co-host if you're... (laughs) This is what you... This is great. I just love watching this. This This is amazing. Thanks, Patrick. Just watching, like going back and forth, just like this. Can you tell Jerry to be nicer to me? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Sorry. Wants I, you accidentally, to- <laughs> I accidentally touched the mic. Jerry's gonna be present with Jerry's the mic, please. Flap, stab my tires. Be present with the mic. Okay. Let's all take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's take one more deep breath. okay so as i was saying before i was really interrupted by sam's patrick that's (laughs) i said nothing i'm observing and 
making salty making salty comments in the corner. (laughs) But yeah, basically, if you're if you're feeling anxiety, (laughs) Sam Sam is looking at me like a crazy person. Um, If you okay, we'll just move on from. Patrick, any comments? <laughs> None. So presence with respect to time is a type of presence. Present in the present moment, not the past, not the future, is a type of presence. There is also, and by the way, if you just do that, you're well on your way to enlightenment. Like, that is 90% of the battle, honestly, to be fully present in the moment. There is another kind of meaning of presence and it's made possible by that too. And it's really a a kind of presence that I've witnessed, experienced, and then witnessed and experienced the lack of it. And it is not so much based on time, but it's based on allowing the full power of your spirit to come forward fully and being present with that, with what you really are and all of your potential and all of your power in a way that recognizes your divine nature. So to be fully present with the miracle of what you are, and you don't have to be religious to get this, but the human being has such incredible potential and it's not available to us if we don't allow it if we don't allow it to be with us. And the reason this is important is in the context of why it's not working, it's not working because we're not fucking present. We are not in the present moment and we're not allowing the full force and power of our spirit to be there with us. I know exactly what you mean. Well, cause I also think that it's like what, there might be fear in that of yes. fully fully expressing something that's never been expressed. Is like, what's going to happen? Is this going to be? Um, are people going to still like me if I am this way, or I'm? Not going to be weird or boring, or. But then that you know, then that is to be like, look, you know, once again is like, oh well, then why do I give a shit so much about what people think of me? Uh, you know, because if you're fully expressing yourself in the way. Uh, that your spirit is calling for, then your people will, f- will stay. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, it's challenging to contemplate if you are in the middle of an awakening and you are coming into presence with who and what you are and what's possible for you, your vibration is shifting and people might be drifting away. But what that's doing is creating an opening, creating space for your people to find you. Mm-hmm. people that are there to support that journey. Mm. I feel like it's in a way a death of identity, of self, of it is. ego. A death of I, limitation in the story of who we think we are. That's happened to me a couple times this past year in the pandemic, like crying in the shower, like letting go of of who I thought I was. Yeah, that's so after school special. I know. <laughs> so, there's no okay, I haven't been able to perform on stage, so let me perform here, okay? You got it. <laughs> Go for it. Let my spirit express. Okay, sorry, Patrick. What were you saying? <laughs> I was just going to say I like to cry in my car. Ooh. Mm. To, to music or no music? Just no music. Just in there. 
windows up, crying. That's so healthy. Like, we don't tell people it's okay to cry in this culture. No, it's terribly uncomfortable. We Even our loved ones try to make it go away because they don't want to sit with it. It's true, but it's really just a release of energy. Yeah. Mm. Or an expression of, you know, tears can mean so many different things. They can mean sadness or grief, but they can also mean your heart is full. Have you ever cried because your heart is full? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first time I went to Sequoia National Park up in the Sierras and I stood among those giant trees, I just wept. And I was 20, and my broy buddy and I were on the trip together, and he's all, yo, dude, what's up? Are you all right? Like, why are you crying like that? Like, whoa, whoa, this is weird. And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to say, but I was present with something. That you like big wood. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> that place is beautiful, though. It is. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't the natural beauty. It's what the natural beauty made available for me. I became present with something much larger than myself. Mm. And I wept. But it's okay to weep from sadness too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of her comedy, but uh, Whitney Cummings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's funny. She's very, you know, she's healed from a lot of stuff and she's very open talking about it. And in her one of her books, she says, her therapist said to her, never apologize for crying. Crying is a solution. Mm. It's a thing that is appropriate to do when you are overcome by emotion. But if we're programmed at a young age that that's not okay, that's, you know, something that you have to reteach yourself, right? Reprogram. Yeah, you have to you have to create permission for yourself. I read a great book recently called um, How to Do the Work mm. by uh, Dr. Nicole LaPara. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Everyone get that book. It is a great book. Did you read it? I was going to recommend it on a future show. You just fucked up that. Oh, oh cool. Great. Okay, great. What can I say? <laughs> um, but she also follow her on Instagram at the holistic psychologist. But she was saying this beautiful sentiment talking about like reparenting yourself. And and I, that's really resonates with me um, because like now that I'm living with my parents whom I love dearly, we're very close family. But, like, you also, like, revert back to, like, your teenage self. <laughs> you do. You know? Like, yeah. I got so defensive at dinner last night. My mom's like, do you notice that you always interrupt people when they're talking? I'm sure Jerry can relate because he, uh-huh. <laughs> he, he he edits this podcast. And I'm like, uh, we all do. We all do in this family. And I, like, just, like, became this, like, activated, like, defensive teenager. Like charcoal. and then like I took a breath and I was like yeah I'm sorry dad I I totally was interrupting you but also you know like if you were taught at a young age like you know toughen up like don't cry or be happy or cheer up you know you also like can't blame your parents anymore there comes a point where it's like okay that's what it was that's like everyone's doing the best they can with what they know and what they were taught your parents are victims of the same familial programming too and they did better than their parents, and hopefully yeah. you'll do better than yours. And and so then you just reparent yourself. So yep. this book was talking about reparenting. And so now it's like, okay, Sam, now if you're the parent to yourself and you want to cry, what would you tell your, your, your kid self? And I'm like, 
cry, sister. Put on some Lizzo, dance it out. Put on some coconut oil on my body and cry. Okay, so we're talking about a child version of you, and it may not be appropriate, but I, I appreciate the attempt. Um. Sammy goes up fast. <laughs> really turn the volume up on that uh, therapy recommendation. No, uh, reparenting is um, is a huge theme in my work. It's something I've had to do for myself, and I encourage clients to do it because none of us have been parented optimally. And this is not about blaming our parents. I have no interest in blame. What I am interested in is the cult-year-old trance that we've been given in our culture and by our families about shows of emotion, who you can be, who you can't be, uh, how you should shave off parts of yourself to be convenient for others and comfortable for others, curtailing your own expression so that other people aren't uncomfortable. And there's so many, there's so many nested layers of this program that we're given of this is who you should be. And so I'm not at all, I'm not a, a parent blamer by any stretch. Um, I should be, if you've heard my dad on the podcast, <laughs> you would probably support me <laughs> in, in, in blaming them, but, but I have no interest in that. But what it's really about is teasing apart the nested trances that we've been given, a familial inheritance we've all been given, and a cultural one, so that you can be step fully into presence with who and what you are and what you can be. And as long as we're being who we're supposed to be, we can't be who we really are. Patrick, that's something I really love about you. <laughs> you have always just been very brave about expressing yourself and doing whatever the fuck you want. And you don't give a shit about who sees it, who judges it, who thinks anything like... Most of the time. Most of the time, of course. <laughs> but And I think that does come from, you know, having a childhood where, you know... Boys aren't allowed to cry. Mm -hmm. Dad didn't want to hear you cry. Stop crying. You know, I grew can up. You do it, can you say it like your dad would say it? Oh, my God. Oh, and now I'm on the spot and I don't think I can <laughs> mimic the accent. But um, but I can say KFC grilled. But um, no, I can't Listener, do it. <laughs> if you don't have the context for this, but Patrick used to delight me by doing an impression of his father screaming his... Kentucky Fried Chicken order into the phone. But one bucket KFC grilled. <laughs> and then like, and then just hanging up. That's it. <laughs> no, please. No, thank you. Just like, bam. And then uh, the milk. Oh, one gallon pot pre milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in some old, like dubbed Kung Fu movie. Like. <laughs> So Patrick and I both have um, interesting fathers yes. <laughs> yeah. who gave us some stuff to deal with. But your dad said, don't cry. Uh, yeah, he didn't want to hear it. It's like, you're a boy, don't cry. So I grew up, you know, with that a lot. And now today that I now that I know it's fine to cry if I have to cry, then I'm going to cry or I'm going to yell if I'm angry. Like, I don't have time to, you know, appease Whoever, like I just, if I have feelings, I have to express them. So, yes. And why do you have to express them? Because if I contain it, I'm just going to go crazy, right? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I mean, we, 
we force ourselves to be uncomfortable so that others around us have to be comfortable. You know, that's not. Yeah. Make other people uncomfortable around you. That's fine. They're going to be uncomfortable, and then it's going to pass, and then we can move on. Right? Yeah. Does that sound, does that sound like such a cunty thing to say? No. It's a great, <laughs> no. honest thing to say. It's very true. And healthy. Yeah, and it's a type of presence, allowing yourself the space to be present with what you're feeling right now. Being present with who you are and what you are in this moment. Not trying to be something else, not trying to, just being present with with what's happening right now. And it doesn't have to make sense and it doesn't have to, you know, be socially acceptable. It just is. That doesn't mean you should scream at old ladies on the street because you're Yeah, frustrated. of course, of course. You're going to pick your battles. But. Right, right. And there are ways and tools to create that allowing, create that presence that I teach to clients in my practice. But yeah, it's, it's presence is a kind of allowing. Presence is one of the key reasons why if it's missing, stuff's not working. Whether it's our relationship, if we're not present in our relationship because we're in our head with our complaints or our stories, mm. things ain't going well. If we're not present in our work, we're phoning it in, things aren't going well. If we're not present in change work, things are not going to work. When people say, why isn't it working? Why won't it work? Why hasn't it worked? It's never going to work until you get present. Here's how to not be present. This is something I see very often. Now, I worked with firefighters as a chaplain and a counselor. You have never met a saltier, more like doubting Thomas, skeptical group of bastards than firefighters. <laughs> and there's so many beautiful things about that culture. It's very fraternal and they look after each other, but it's, they don't believe anything. But I had to come up with ways to work with them that were quick, that wasn't about talking about their feelings because they didn't want to do that. And a lot of them started the experience with this. And you're not going to be able to see this, of course, because this is a podcast. But they would cross their arms, lean back, and be like, we'll see. We'll see. And it's not just firefighters that do that. A lot of people, when they come into my office, are like, you know, I tell them what's possible through this work, and I tell them what I've experienced, and they're like, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> we'll see. What is that energy? Like, just like, yeah, skeptic, right? But also like the need to be right about things. Is that? Yes. It? Yeah. It's, um, there's a couple different kinds of skepticism. One is healthy and one is not. And one of those types of skepticism I call playful skepticism open skepticism. It's like, I'll assess, I'll, I'll see what happens. And, and I'm open to be changed by what happens. That's fine. I think that type of skepticism is healthy and normal. There's another type of skepticism, which is all about avoiding presence, all about not being vulnerable, all about not allowing and not being available for work like this to affect you. And it's what I call dogmatic skepticism. So there's a type of way of showing up for anything that, that we might use to change us, whether we're just reading a book or we're going to therapy or coaching or we're going to a seminar or anything at all. There's a way of showing up which takes us immediately out of presence. And it's like those firefighters. It's crossing our arms and saying, we'll see. I call this testing, not investing. 
And what I mean by that is you don't have to act like that's super profound. Um, what I mean by because yes. <laughs> I didn't understand what testing versus investing was in our notes that I'm looking at, but now I what, get it. <laughs> what it means is this. And listener, I'm I'm speaking directly to you with a level Hi, with a with a level of intensity that I hope is slightly uncomfortable. Whatever it is that you want to change in your life, you need all of your power to do it. Was that me? <laughs> I was like, was that me? <laughs> what a moment. That. It just like. We got it. And that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> entity like coming out of my throat chakra. It was. I'm not testing you, Jerry. I'm investing in you. But my throat. But I hear what you're saying, Jerry. I'm going to restate it without the entity removal that just happened. There's something I want to say to you, listener, and it's this. If you're looking to change something in your life, or if you're looking to create something, if you want to create a relationship of your dreams, if you want wealth, if you want the career of your dreams, or you want to create a healthier family, or you want to heal your body of a, of a problem that nothing else has helped with, you need 100% of your being online to do that. And any part of you which is testing and assessing and waiting to see, that much of you is not available for the magic that you say you want. If you're standing back, crossing your arms, and waiting to see, you're not there. And that's why it's not working. How do I know? That was me. That was me for over a decade. Depression, anxiety, chronic pain, terrible relationships, it wasn't working. But I was the smartest guy about what was wrong. I was right about what was wrong. Because part of me was not available to create that magic. I was too busy being right. Part of my power was going to being right. And rightness is the enemy of magic. It's the enemy of joy. So your friends... Your, your own ego, your mentors, your family will all applaud your skepticism. But every part of you, every percentage of you that is not present to actually do the magic, you're hurting your own results. And if your thing is big, if it's a big problem to solve or it's a big dream to create, you need 100% of your being this miracle of who and what you are, you need all of it. And you being right and crossing your arms and, test and testing instead of investing, you're sabotaging your own results and that's why it's not working. And if you're not present, nothing will work. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Sam. Ten points to Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh, you really are a Hufflepuff. What are you, Patrick? I don't watch Harry Potter. I don't have no idea what you're talking about. You strike me as a Hufflepuff, too. Sure. Cool. Okay. I think I'm a Ravenclaw. It sounds like you, yes, Ravenclaw. Yes, you are. You little bad boy. Ravenclaw. No, but Jerry, I, I, I totally hear you. I yeah, hear it's, you. it's sad. But, you know, like I said, my office is kind of the last, last chance stop. And... People are like, it's not, it's not working. Nothing is working. Nothing will work as long as you're not present in it.
as long as you're not letting it change you. And if you're trying to understand it with your mind, or you're trying to test, you're trying to see what you agree with, or see if it's right or wrong, or if it fits into your current belief system, or all of that is taking you out of presence. Do you feel like it just comes from a place of like, change is hard? Like, or change is scary? Sure, if you're living in that story. But do you find that that's the narrative that people have is like they just don't know how to change or like changing is scarier? I do find that because I find that people have a story about what therapy or therapeutic work looks like. And it's about confronting your demons and going into the box and like, you know, fighting those battles. And And that's not necessary. The type of type of work that I do, I'm not a therapist, I'm a coach. And the type of work that I do does not require you to re-experience your trauma. It doesn't require profound effort. I mean, there's certainly going to be choice points where you're going to have to act in accordance with the vision of the thing that you say you want. If you want a relationship, you're going to have to act like it at some point. But you don't have to suffer to change unless you're living inside that trance that says change is hard. Mm. That's why I don't believe in change. Mm. I believe in transformation. Mm. Change is iterative and slow and painful. Steps, effort, willpower. I don't like that story. I like transformation better. Ooh, I like that too. I'm going to change. I mean, I'm going to transform my, because I think I've said, I say change is hard all the time. Yeah. And, and we don't but need... I do that as also, uh, to empathize with other people that are having, that are stuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I try to like, empath- use that trance to empathize with them. You have to ultimately decide. And that's by default, that's what we think friendship is or, or empathy or affinity is like agreeing with the trance somebody's in. Mm. But there's another way to be, and it's about being the lived example of another story that's possible. A story like change is easy. Change is fun. Change is effortless. You are so that friend. (laughs) You go to lunch, you know your trances are going to be broken. (laughs) Even at a brunch at Breakfast Republic on 11 o'clock on a Saturday. Probably to an extreme that's obnoxious. I can't not. not But it is good. It actually catches me because it's like a call out. It's a compassionate call out. And it's helped me. Like I used to have this trance that death is scary. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and you called me on that. What if death is beautiful? And we can't know. We can't know whether it's scary or beautiful. So why hold on to this story in life that death is scary? Mm. Yeah, and I went, oh. So, and so now when I catch myself at night and I'm like start thinking about death, and I'm like, oh, <gasps> I just like I remember what you've told me. I'm like, oh, I can change the story about death. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, night night. <laughs> And it, and it helps. So like, actually like, yeah, I think that I, you know, I sometimes showing up as a friend, I've been, it's interesting. I'm kind of going through this period of like, what is a good friend? Mm-hmm. Like, am I somebody that just listens and empathizes and validates their reality? Is that true? Like the truest kind of friendship love or offering, you know, advice, which I always ask now, <laughs> which is a very good, very good way to respect boundaries. Yeah, and, or is it like those call outs? 
an invitation of 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 something bigger right yeah so so it, it's kind of been something on my brain a lot this past year because i think we're all going through something yeah um and maybe that's a story is that a story is that a trance what ah. everything is <laughs> artists get this they think they come to the theater and they see us pretend on stage that we will live out these stories on stage. Here's the trick. We're all living out stories all the time. We're all living stories. We're not living lives. We're not living in reality. We're living in a story. We're living in many, many stories. Mm. And they sound like you got to work hard for money. Love is painful. Change is hard. <laughs> we think we're just calling out reality but we're living in a story mm, and then that becomes the reality yes we project that story out onto the world and we notice things that match it so if we have the story change is hard guess what change is hard okay well i need to change my story about the drivers in san diego though <laughs> Because I'm like, these drivers No, are this is the one exception. Fuck those assholes. Ah. Okay. <laughs> I had to buy crystals at a store to help with my road rage because people are driving like oh, such pricks out there. Um, okay. But then I was like, wait, am I like now manifesting this is my reality? Is this a story? So like, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I had to knock off my shit before coming here tonight because I was in a flurry to get all the equipment together and trying to get the software downloaded and get all the settings right to record. And I was in an emotional state of frustration and nothing was flowing. Mm. So it's not always a conscious story that we can recognize or put words around. Sometimes it's who we're being. Sometimes it's how we're feeling and the energy that we're giving off. That's creating reality for us too. So there's a story that sounds like life is hard or you got to work hard for money or, you know, life sucks, then you die. You know, there's, and there, these stories are unconscious. We have stories that we know about that are conscious. We have deep rooted stories we don't know about, mm -hmm. but our feelings, our emotional state is also creating our reality too and magnetizing things to us that match that vibration. I know this sounds very woo woo, but we've all experienced that thing where you start off in a bad mood and the whole day goes like shit. Mm. It's not happening. We think, oh, I'm in a bad mood because my day is going like shit. That's true. But it's also true that your day is going like shit because you're in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. Your brain is processing 2 million bits of information per second. And if you're in a bad mood and you're living inside a trance that says, this day sucks, oh, Mondays, or whatever it is, <laughs> your brain is going to notice things that are a match for that story. Is that and confirmation are, bias? Is that what it's called? Yes, that's a kind of confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what I'm finding to be problematic about social media. <laughs> <laughs> is that, you know, it filters your page and your stuff so you're the algorithm mm -hmm. yeah. so then when you go out into real life and any anybody that has an opinion that's different than yours yeah you're you're you feel threatened and yes and that's why people can't have like nuanced conversations like what yeah, we were have talking you met about. my dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i have a question let's say you know this is the story you're living in like you're having a bad day or you're frustrated and you're like this is a shitty day. What, you know, so what are some of the things or what's like one thing to like, 
to get yourself out of that? Good question. Very good question. And you're going to want to smack me, and it's good that I'm sitting 10 feet from you, so you can't. But what gets you out of that faster than anything else? Presence. Presence. (laughs) (laughs) Getting into the present moment. So would you say, like, I'm present to the fact that I'm angry. Maybe I could go upstairs in my room and punch a pillow to get it out. Would that be presence? Totally. So you're recognizing that you are having, like, this negative feeling, like... Okay, this is a frustrating moment and kind of just being with that and then moving on. Is that? Yeah, here's what that might sound like. And here's how it sounds like when I coach myself through that. Because I have potent anger. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw it when you were setting up the mic. <laughs> but I have, I have potent anger. Get out of the way, chicken fucker. <laughs> I have potent anger. And I have to coach myself out of it sometimes. Here's how it sounds when I do that sometimes. Okay, I'm angry. I have anger. Do I want to keep it? Yes. I'll keep it for five more minutes. I'll let myself be angry for five more minutes. Mm. And then I've got stuff to do. I got to move on. Okay. We'll be pissed for five minutes. And I get to be rage-filled, glorious, just like screaming and being ridiculous and kicking the dishwasher with my shin and screaming about it. And then the timer goes off and I'm done with that. Mm. I give myself a pure present experience of that anger. I don't have to do it anymore. Just let it go. Just let it go because I've allowed myself to be present with it. I like the idea of setting a timer. Yeah. Put boundaries on it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But when you want to get back into joy, you want to get back into peace, get yourself back into presence. Like I had to do in Big Bear. I'm like, I'm in Big Bear in this gorgeous isolated cabin nestled in the mountains. There's snow covered trees all around me. There's a fire roaring. I'm looking out at these trees and the stars are coming out and I'm pissed off because something that happened yesterday or something that I'm afraid is going to happen tomorrow. But then you also put the uh, the should on top of it, right? I should be happy. And then the you're competing with yourself, right? Because well, you're shooting all over yourself. You're shooting all over yourself. So you, what you want to do is you want to be present with what you're experiencing. First, before you can tap into joy, right? Because right. if it's like, I should be happy, it's like, it's, it's fake, right? It's not authentic. Right. Or, yeah. Because yeah. you're not being present with... Or it'll come out and rear its ugly head in a different way. Right. You can either let it out in a healthy way that you choose, let it out in an unhealthy way without boundaries that scares people and hurts you and them, shove it down and allow it to grow with interest and manifest as illness, depression, and anxiety later. (laughs) Those are your fucking choices. It's that simple, right? It's not easy to recognize that in the moment, but... For me, because I'm so thick-headed, I had to get to a place of total brokenness with this before I got. Okay. My back is broken. My immune system is broken. Uh, My neurology is busted. I have (laughs) PTSD and depression and anxiety. And maybe being right about what's wrong and shoving everything down and trying to be positive isn't the way to fix that. (laughs) Maybe I have accumulated enough life experience to know that it's time to be present with what is. Instead of trying to shove it down or let it run me. And I also think a 
the trick is to also uh, look inward because I think that sometimes we want to blame external factors for yes. our emotional states. And so having that awareness of like, I'm recognizing that I am angry and I have the choice in myself, right, yes. to decide how I want to move on versus, you know, but I think that that that, that can be maybe this is another story, but challenging for some people um, that aren't aware that it's actually an internal thing versus an external. Yes. It's a, it's a way of living. And there's an incredible book about this. There are many books about this. Honestly, all these books are about this. It's called the inside out revolution. It's a really simple idea. It's basically this up until this point, you have been living life outside in stuff happens outside and you feel a certain way inside. And that's how most of us live. But there's another way. You can live from the inside. Your experience is created on the inside. And then that goes out into the world and creates a different reality for you. Tunes you into a different reality. That sounds esoteric and it sounds high level, but it's very simple. It's this. Heaven or hell exists right here in your head. They're both available to us at all times. And... I'm familiar with both. Most, all of us are. <laughs> right? The way to heaven, ironically, is to create space and be present with hell when it's there. <laughs> to be like, hey, I'm feeling crummy today. I'm going to cry. I'm going to yell. I'm going to punch the pillow. I'm going to, but this is the truth. I'm going to be present with what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing right now with boundaries for five minutes, for two days, for whatever. And then I'll be able to move forward. You can just shortcut a lot of that. When you've done this work long enough, you can just get into the present moment. I tried to snap. It didn't work out. You can just get into the present moment. And that literally collapses your problems. Because there are no problems in the present moment. Literally, there are no problems when you're present. Everything is a problem. Your bills. Your family stuff, your money troubles, your relationship, what he said yesterday or what she, you're hoping she doesn't do tomorrow. All of that isn't real. It only lives in your head. When you come fully into presence in the moment, those things don't exist. There's no, there are no problems when you're having a pure experience of the present. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm not able to, ex to explain this adequately, but the book of the month is a wonderful resource to have a direct experience of what this looks like. I've had momentary experiences of this throughout my life where I came fully into presence and stress, fear, anxiety, it just melted away. It wasn't there anymore. It wasn't gradual. It wasn't slow and incremental. It wasn't change. It was transformation. I went from wrecked to in peace like that transformation and in those moments when when you can do that we can go from here to here it's presence that does that stepping fully into presence presence in the moment and presence with what you really are and what that other person really is that person that you think is the source of your problems you're a miracle and so are they and when you get present to that, there are no problems. There's no room for hell. 
when you when you start to grasp what is really happening. These two things. We don't even know if they're two things. I mean, the truth is they're not. It's one thing. I call it Sam. I call it Patrick. I call it Jerry. But Chardonnay. <laughs> I call it Chardonnay and... Himalayan look, salt lick. <laughs> Himalayan salt lick. But I can look at you like Patrick. And we can go to brunch and we can have a great time. But I can also look at you in a way that's creepy and uncomfortable for you. And for me, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I can begin to tap into a deeper truth about what you are. And it's not your job. And it's not your name. It's not your place in your family or in our friend group, or even how incredible you are as an artist or performer. This spirit, this pure consciousness expressing itself and learning and exploring and, and I'm doing it too. And Sam's doing it and we're all doing it. It's incredible. And it's so exciting. You live and you fail and you succeed and you grow and you heal and then you get scars and you do it all over again and you make the same mistakes and then you try something different and then you die and it's so incredibly exciting and beautiful. And when I'm present with that, I don't have problems. Presence. <laughs> Presence. Presence. I want to share a, a quick anecdote about what I mean about this. Every couple of years, I try to go to a, an education. I have to, to maintain my license and stuff, but I go to a, like an educational experience, a conference or something. Several years ago, I went to Vegas and I attended a course in erotic hypnosis. Now, I know that makes me sound like a perv, but I actually went for professional reasons. What I learned there was so much bigger and more important than helping singles and couples achieve greater levels of pleasure in their relationship or by themselves or anything that I thought I was there for, I was not there for. I went in there and I was, you know, at this point I had been a professional hypnotist for many years. I've been working with people professionally for years. I walk into a room full of pervs. There were a lot of old dudes that look like garden gnomes. There were a couple young bucks <laughs> and there were a handful of very nervous women. And I had so much judgment. I was like, these maggots, these, <laughs> these hobbyists are here to have better orgasms. I'm here to help people. <laughs> I'm not here for, you know, hypno kink or any of this crazy stuff they're about. Sure. And, <laughs> and I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and I wasn't present for all of the material. Uh, testing versus investing party of one. <laughs> exactly. That's how I can speak about this because I am that asshole. So, so I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Chip on your shoulder. Sorry. I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder because I said to myself, I got more training in my little finger than all these perverts have in their whole body. I've been doing hip hypnotism for this long and I've studied with the best people in the world. And these are just, you know, amateurs and hobbyists. And we were learning techniques that I knew super well, like really basic hypno stuff that I knew had been trained. It was, they called it different stuff and I had learned it from other teachers, but like I knew this shit. And so I was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll do the color shifts. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. And I would go through the techniques and it wouldn't work. 
it didn't work. And I did the technique to the letter, to the T, because I'm a technique guy. Like, I was doing everything right, crossing every T. It didn't work. And it was frustrating the shit out of me. And you know what I said? It doesn't work. The technique doesn't work. And at one point, the teacher came over, and I said, hey, I'm having a problem. I'm running the technique. It's not working. He didn't say a word, and he did it letter for letter the way I did it. Same wording, everything. And it worked. And the guy fell into a trance, and and he looked at me, and he goes, got it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, got it, you fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But there was something subtle that was happening with him that wasn't happening with me. At the end of that day, he said, Everybody raise your hands and say which say something that you learned today if I call on you. And I had never done this. I was always like having my arms crossed, testing, not investing. I raised my hand that day. And he called on me and he said, what did you learn today? I said, presence is more important than technique. No words. He just clapped for me. Like he was waiting for me to get this because <laughs> I was such a little shit. <laughs> Every technique I did with presence activated inside of me. Every technique I did fully present worked like a charm. It wasn't the technique. The magic is not in the technique. And for those of you out there that want to do change work or want to get into therapy or do healing, the magic is not in the book or the guru or the seminar. It's not there. The magic is in presence. When you bring presence into whatever it is you're doing, everything works. You can go to the crummiest therapist, and if you're fully present, you'll get incredible results. Because it's not the therapist's magic, it's yours. And mine, and yours, and yours. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any other salty commentary about my erotic hypnosis class? (laughs) (laughs) Those pervs. So, bottom line, nothing works when you're not present. Everything works when you are. When you have those two kinds of presence, presence in the moment and presence with the totality of your being, everything will work. Every book will be transformative. Every teacher will give you earth-shattering insights. Every technique is effortless and flawless. When you're present. When you're not, you're fucked. The ship has sailed. <laughs> Nothing will work when you're not present. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm just like fascinated by everything you're saying. So you really what presence is for me, what I'm my takeaway is now like just allowing the chant, like just having just allowing possibility. It's an opportunity for possibility. That's an incredible way to put it. Yeah. I like, you know, when I'm uh, choreographing something or like just trying a new way of of moving in a scene or something, it's just like, well, if it doesn't work, we'll just try something else again. It's not a big deal. It's not like, you know, and if it doesn't, if something doesn't work for you, then, you know, allowing that to just just recognizing like, okay, that's fine. We'll try something else. Or so I like, that's my takeaway is I think 
I like how presence is just allowing things to happen, allowing possibility. Yeah. Being playful. Yeah. I had a funny presence story this week. Sure. Um, I am teaching improv to this young girl one-on-one. I've been doing a lot of like acting coaching for neurodiverse actors, um, one-on-one. Um, this young girl is so sweet. Um, she's actually neurotypical. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll work with you one-on-one and, and do improv. Um, and hello, test of presence, being <laughs> with a student one-on-one for 90 minutes doing improv, mm. it's like the ultimate presence test. So I'm like, I there's no other players on this stage right now that can chime in or add on. I have to be completely present with her. And I was like, I was like, I am so freaking tired. Plus I had worked with clients all the whole Mm. morning. So I had like 10 minutes left with this young girl and I look at my clock and I'm like, Oh fuck. I got 10 more minutes. Uh, And I, I felt my soul slip away into this, like into the future. (laughs) And, she, I'm like, okay, we have time for one more game. And I'm just like thinking about the drive home, thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. And she starts the scene and she asks me a question in the scene. And I just look at her and I'm just blank. I'm like blacked out. And I just went, yeah, we're bank robbers. <laughs> like made up yeah, something. Yeah, sand me. <laughs> I made up something and she looked at me with this face like, wow, my teacher is not funny at all <laughs> or here in this moment. Um, and and then it's like it's also like the uh, then if you're hard on yourself for not being present, it's it like gets even worse. Yeah. So then I'm being I'm shaming myself for not being present and it's taking me away from the presence <laughs> wow. versus like which is how that stuff works. Oh, God. Versus like, OK. I witness, I'm witnessing, I'm, I'm tired and I'm hungry and I'm (laughs) not wanting to play. What are you doing right now? Um, but, uh, and then it was like, okay, witness like a feather brushing a glass, just like, and then I'm back in, but like, oh my gosh, those moments when you slip out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on stage too. Like that's happened where it's like your lines, you just go up. And it's like, it is, it's just like this fear, this like panic. And like, that's why like, yeah, the arts for me are so transformative and powerful. It's complete presence. Yeah. And even like sports too, like, uh, like Michael Jordan, he's the best because he was completely present. Yes. He was in the zone. That is exactly what we're talking about. Presence makes incredible miracles of human performance and creativity possible. And last night the Padres had the first no hitter in history <laughs> and watching him he's in a zone of yes, presence he's fully present and it's beautiful to witness and at the end when they're all cheering i'm crying i'm literally crying i'm like i'm not even the biggest sports person but i'm just like <laughs> why am i sobbing at this moment yeah yeah it's really we want to tell the story that those things are only possible for others and that it's their talent or their skill level or their you know the blessing of their upbringing or something that makes them extraordinary. But the truth is what makes them extraordinary is presence. And that's available to all of us. 
unless we tell the story that it's not. And I think, Jerry, like, I think what you were saying earlier really resonates because I think we also have an idea of what presence looks like. And I think for some of us, we think, oh, presence means you're just la, la, la. Happy all the time. Happy, happy, spiritual. And like zenned out on a mountaintop where... I think, and then there's that shame piece attached to like, oh, I'm not present like that. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, versus I'm present with what is. Yeah. And accepting that and embracing that and loving it mm-hmm. and finding the gift in it. Yes. That, that book that you recommended to me, um, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, transformed my life this year. Huge. Um, finding the gift in any uh, human emotion. Um, you know, yeah. if you're guilty, what's the gift in it? If you're, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, it means I care. Uh, you know, and, mm. and, and that has helped me slip into more presence. Yeah. Instead of creating this, you know, light and dark. And we have to always be in the light. Like there's good emotions and there's bad emotions. There's good experiences and bad experiences. And now our job is to somehow be good enough to get the good experiences, get the happy emotions. And if we're not getting that, we did something wrong. Like it's this whole drama that we create through this. But what if we just greet every emotion, every experience as a welcome visitor with Mm. presence, Mm. no matter what it is? It transforms those quote unquote negative experiences into something else, something beautiful. Well, I think that's why I love traveling so much. Yeah. You're you gotta be present. Completely present. Yeah. Everything's new. And it's like, how do you take that same energy and and put it into your everyday routine? Presence. <laughs> now in lavender. <laughs> now in eau de toilette. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. The things that we think are magical, like travel, like lovemaking, like flow states for sports and and creativity, they all share one thing in common. Patrick, will you do the honors? Presence. (laughs) That is what makes those experiences so powerful. It's not in the thing. Even my father... Who is who is a in a biker gang when he was young, and he taught me to ride. And he said to me when I was learning to ride when I was a teenager, he goes, "You know what, son? You know why I love riding a motorcycle? Because you get bitches." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "You have to be totally present when you're in the saddle of that motorcycle because if you don't, you're dead." And now he said it with his signature fear-inducing, you know, panic drama, but. He's, what he was saying was he loves being in presence. We love that experience. We crave it. It's why we take drugs. It's why we make love. It's why we exercise. It's why we meditate. It's why we do all these things. We want presence. We want to be in that state. Mm. And there are easy, simple ways to get into that state on command that I will teach you. What are they, Jerry? Well, meditation is a big part. Meditation is something you can take up as a practice of your own. But even if you don't want to classically meditate, breath work. Mm. Your breath, whatever, whatever <laughs> hell, <laughs> whatever hell your brain got you into, your lungs will get you out of it. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Square breathing is an incredible technique for getting you back in the present moment. Mm-hmm. 
You breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds, repeat. That creates a square. So simple. <laughs> so simple, but so powerful. There's really simple but powerful ways to get back into presence because it's our natural state. Another good one I like is uh, grounding techniques. Like yeah. walking barefoot in the sand or the yeah. grass or hugging a tree. Earthing. Being in, oh, being in nature is the best it really way to is. get into presence. It really is. It's incredible. But that, that experience is available to us in a beautiful mountain setting and it's available to us in the middle of downtown squalor because it comes from with within it comes in from inside us I, heard, I i there's this one i've been working on when i start getting in my head it's called the pebble drop um wayne dyer recommended it is this um, about your diva cup <laughs> <laughs> no that's a boulder drop oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, your thoughts? <laughs> no, that sound was good. <laughs> that sound was appropriate. <laughs> That's a Patrick. Patrick might use signature oh. sound effect. <laughs> I bring out the hat and Patrick. <laughs> um, yes. Um, what I was saying before Jerry interrupted me um, <laughs> was... The pebble drop. The boulder drop. The diva cup. At an Applebee's. <laughs> On the highway. Was that Wayne Dyer uh, has this trick for like getting into presence where it's like you imagine like the pebble is in your brain and it's dropping into your like lower core and it's just like grounding you into presence. Yeah. It works. It does. I I do it in my meditations now in the morning and I just imagine mm -hmm. this pebble dropping and it's like you're out of your thinking brain mm -hmm. um, and into just... Oh, there's and a, like you imagine the pebbles like in a pond or yeah, sorry. Pat. Yeah, I do a similar one. I like Ooh. a pre-show sort of like breathing ground. Like it's the you just stand still and you close your eyes and like you imagine a light coming through like the top of your head and like the light slowly like fills you, Ooh. like goes down the whole body and grounds like shoots out through your feet and you're kind of just grounded there. And Ooh, I like that. you're filled with this warm light mm. presence. <laughs> yeah similar it's a similar exercise and it's very helpful love that and those are incredible exercises because they bring us into presence the magic is in the presence now let's talk very briefly we don't have to go into great detail over this but let's talk about ways that we cannot be in presence the enemies oh. of presence the enemies of presence i'm pointing to one that you can't listen or you can't see this because it's an audio show but i'm pointing to one on the table in front of me and maybe you guys can see what it is um are you are you pointing to those cinnamon coffee cakes <laughs> Maybe, maybe <laughs> I want one to of the those. Wine? <laughs> maybe. How about your phone? Bingo. Oh, this thing that we pay a thousand dollars a year for. Yeah. This freaking devil. <laughs> totally, totally guilty. I'm totally it, guilty. I mean, we yeah. all are. It's like yeah. it's literally a distraction generator in our pocket. Distraction validation. It is. How many times have you been waiting for a friend, or you know? There's some gap in time between, you know, when you're going to be in bed and when you're going to go to sleep or you're waiting for to meet somebody, you whip out your phone, you scroll through Instagram, you, you know, see if you got likes on that comment on Facebook, like 
Jerry checks out the the grinder real quick. I check the grinder. I think you have me confused with our friend Jonathan. He doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) But that phone is a literal distraction machine. Mm -hmm. It takes us right out of presence Mm -hmm. and right into Mm -hmm. validation and all those other things that that's what it is. It's a, Uh, it's a slot machine in your pocket and it's pulling the dopamine lever in your brain. Mm -hmm. Takes you right out of presence. It has its uses. I'm not damning the thing like it's, Mm -hmm. but you have to set boundaries around it. Mm -hmm. It will take you out of presence. In that five minutes, you're waiting for your friend. You could do breath work. You could do, you could let the pebble drop. You could do the light, bringing the light in through the top of your head. So you could be refreshed and fully present when your friend arrives. But no, you're going to go on and, you know, check Reddit. I'm totally going to go on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So the phone is a big one. Set boundaries with that. Here is a huge one. Knowing versus being. I remember you told me this. You looked into my soul when we took a trip to, what was it? Englewood? No, Idlewild. Englewood. <laughs> we took a trip to the wood. <laughs> Jerry and I took a trip. I will never forget this, Jerry. And it kind of frustrated me because we're in this jacuzzi. Jerry, I always get like frustrated when I know Jerry's right. And I'm like, ah! Um, and we're in the jacuzzi. Do you remember this? No. Oh, wow. Thanks. Because I guess you weren't in presence. <laughs> Sugar, I do this for a living. I'm here all day long. Mm-hmm. sugar and salty we make a good team <laughs> um and we're in the jacuzzi we're looking up at the stars and i was talking about happiness and you looked in my soul and you said knowing or doing will not make you happy or bring you peace you he said you looked at me and you said you're like a ping pong <laughs> that goes back and forth from knowing information to doing and that won't make you happy, but being that? will. It's brutal. You said that to me. And I said, I'm going inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I went inside and I took a breath and I was like, damn it, he's right. <laughs> and then I came out and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm being a little harsh. So, uh, seen any good movies lately? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's this really good Melissa McCarthy movie I saw. And <laughs> but you were, you hit the nail on the head. It's a harsh truth because most of us relate to this stuff by knowing it. We read the books and then we talk with our friend about the book and we go to the book club and we, and we use knowing it as information as a way to shield us from letting it change us. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. It's a way to avoid presence. And then doing, right, is, is the and other doing is the another spectrum. Yes, doing is another thing we can do to avoid presence. Clients will ask me, okay, I get it. Yeah, I got to be present. I got to be so I can have my happiness and I can have my goodies. How do I do that? What do I do to be? And I'm like, listen to yourself. You're not, you're not getting it. Um, Sometimes do to avoid, right? Avoid. Do to avoid being. Being yeah. and presence are almost interchangeable. Patrick? Yeah. Yeah, if you stop doing, you know, you. I mean, pre-COVID, like, I was going from one thing to another, from one gig to another, from one rehearsal to one, you know, just because I think when we all have to, like, stop and be with ourselves and be with our shitty life or whatever, like... Being can be scary. It's Yeah, and it's hard, and I don't want to feel that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, so I totally get that. I feel you, Patrick. I, I think that, you know, me and you both, like, we're doing, like, 
show after show, back to back, working during the day. And I mean, you, you're also a caretaker. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. a gosh dang saint, Patrick Mayuyu. Um, And (laughs) you are. Uh, I'm looking at your soul right now. And you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that, yeah, it's like, I've always been validated by doing. So getting the validation in the play or the thing that you're right. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so busy. I got to go. Sorry. You're like, yeah. And so then when the world did stop, I feel you on that. It was like, how do I just be? Will I be loved? Will I love myself? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's, it can be so scary. Big questions. So I think that, yeah, we were, we're all maybe as a collective confronted with that. Yeah. But even though a lot of the introverts were definitely thriving, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, introverts did surprisingly well and continue to during quarantine because they're better at being. They're better at being in presence with themselves or with one other or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- the the thing that makes being scary like that is because it it invites us to ask those questions. If I'm not doing, am I still worthy? If I'm not doing are people still going to love me? And what is in front of us, what, it, what, what this does is it extends an invitation to realize that your worth and that love flows from your beingness, not from your doingness. You're a human being, being not a human doing. Being. being. Now available in lab. <laughs> And uh, I I know that we've kind of given away the book of the month, but Eckhart Tolle has that great quote of like, how do you know this is the experience you're supposed to have? Because this is the experience you're having. You're having it. (laughs) (laughs) That always gets me back into presence. Yeah. That quote. Yeah. So knowing, knowing and doing it are ways of keeping us out of presence. Those are things that masquerade like presence. They pretend to be presence, but they actually are designed to take us out. And we know that at some level, and that's why we do that. That's why we read the books and we do all the things. And the whole while we're like, oh, nothing has changed. I I don't feel any better. I I haven't changed. I haven't transformed. It's because you haven't been present. You've been consuming the learnings with your mind, and you've been doing the things with your body, but you haven't been present for either of those. Bring presence into them. Make it a being. Let it change you. And here's what I mean by this. Patrick, what's your favorite song? Oh, God. oh, geez, that's a good <laughs> way to put him on the spot. What is a What's the one that you've song? been singing all night? Oh, <laughs> Call Me By Your Name, Montero by Lil, Lil Nas X. Yeah. Or what about, what about, you know what I'm talking about, the Oscars. Hello. Oh, we were just talking about that. <laughs> this is me. That's a good song. That's a good hype song. But what is like a song that makes you feel great when you listen to it? Hmm. Oh, I would say this is me. Yeah. This is me. You know the song, right? Yeah. So why do you listen to it if you've already heard it? I don't know. Like the beat and the rhythm and the lyrics, it's just like it's, it gets me going. It's so motivating and. It changes you. Yeah. You bring a quality of listening to music, especially when it's something like your favorite song. You bring presence to it and you allow it to change you. Mm. There's a quality of being with it that allows it to change you. That's different than listening for information. There's no being in that. That's all knowing, right? So we've all been in that conversation with somebody where 
you can tell they're not listening. They're just waiting for their chance to speak. Like Sam right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I'm here. I'm here. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> That's informational listening. There's no being in it. They're waiting. They're they're doing in this thing in their head. Agree, disagree, right, wrong, good, bad, like, don't like. It's all information. It's all up here in the brain. That is me. <laughs> it's all of us, right? But then there's the way you listen to your favorite song. This is me. You're not listening for information. You're being present with it. And in the presence of it, it changes you. It changes how you feel. Yeah. That's what it is to be present. And that's not the way we read the books and go to the classes and go to the therapy. We, we test, not invest. Mm. We hold ourselves back. We assess. We evaluate. Agree, disagree. Like, dislike. Good, bad, right, wrong, true, not true. You're not there. You're not fucking there. You're in your head. That's not presence. And of course, classics, living in the past, sending yourself to your to the past. If you are beset by anxiety and worry, you're in the future. If you're beset by regret and guilt and shame, you're in the past. I got it this time. Past. <laughs> Good presence. I'm, I'm presence. not doing informational listening. Good presence. <laughs> There's an incredible exploration of this in the book of the month, Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. I recommend that you download the audiobook so you can hear Eckhart read the words himself. It's transformational to hear him. I don't know what fucking accent this is. Perhaps it's German. It doesn't matter because you're listening to let it change you. <laughs> And women, he also talks about it's a the it's female a pain body. He also talks about the female. And I will say, I know you guys don't have uh, majoras and menorahs, but it's real. It is super hard to be present a week before your period. <laughs> okay, T. It so it's true though, because I agree. you are so you're okay. Your uterine line is shedding. Everyone needs to know this. Um, and so <laughs> there's so much <laughs> happening in your body that it's just like this entity is coming out. And he doesn't he call it the entity in the book? Women's entity when your body. The female pain body is activated oh, yeah. by the presence. The female pain body. I thought of the entity. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is Eckhart Tolle <laughs> like mansplaining women's periods right the entity now? But... Leave, it sounds like you're dying. The entity leaving your body. His, his teaching, I I think is even though it's been around for 20 years or something it's really relevant right now because there are cultural pain bodies that we can tap into with everything that's going on in the world right now there's so, so much suffering going on the pain body exists for all of us in one way or another and most of us are tapped into it and the news and social media get sucked into it and what he offers you in the book is a way to get back into presence get back into peace get back into joy it's I've read incredible. That book so many times. It's a it's a perennial it's... learning. Have you ever read it, Patrick? I gotta read books, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> or listen to them while you commute or something. You okay. can listen to I'll give you the audiobook. I have it on CD. Okay. Incredible to listen. I love audiobooks. I love listening to the author read it and stuff. What's a right CD? Now, oh, I'm listening <laughs> to Russell Russell Brand's Revelation. Oh, he's 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 brilliant. Do you listen he to his podcast? So brilliant. I have to pause it every 10 seconds to be like, what the hell is he talking about? What is that word? What but he's so brilliant. And Revelation is another great audiobook. It's um it's finding the sacred and sacred in the mundane. Yeah. Which how do you do that? Presence! Presence. All of us. 
<laughs> it's literally the answer to everything. Well, almost, because we have to talk about one more reason why it doesn't work. But we'll do that in the next episode. So, book of the month, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. It's incredible. If you don't like books... Hate them. It's, a, it's kind of a corny movie. It's actually one of my secret favorite movies. It's The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. <laughs> really? Okay, and also if you want a good movie to watch, um, The Work is incredible. <laughs> you keep offering these fucking books and movies that have nothing to do with the topic. What are you, are you being present with presence? She's just telling you it's good. <laughs> it is about presence. You haven't even watched it. It's about prisoners and group therapy. Yeah. Uh, it's a it is a documentary. Russell Brand recommended it, okay? And whatever he says, I'll do. And it is about group therapy in Folsom Prison, but it's about being present with your emotions. And they have some visceral reactions in there. And everybody is allowing these reactions and how they show up together when somebody is experiencing something that's very heavy. It's beautiful. And then they're just staring at each other's souls with like this presence and love for each other for what is. So yeah, it is relevant. Thanks for reading the show. But notes. yeah, anyway, watch Black Samurai <laughs> too. <laughs> There's also an incredible movie, a Pixar movie called Inside Out. I love Inside oh, Out. Oh, I love that movie. Oh my God, I cried. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's it's about the emotions and, and about being present with them and recognizing what they really are. It's a beautiful film. But you guys can make fun of me, but there's an incredible scene in The Last Samurai where he steps into presence. He's being trained by the samurai and he's not getting it. He's doing the technique and he's getting his ass whipped every time. And then he gets some coaching from one of the samurai, a junior samurai, that says, no mind. Get out of your mind because... The power is not and there. Put that top knot down. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does it again, and he 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 finally conquers the. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> it's a thirty-year-old movie. Everybody's I seen it. I haven't seen it because well, I saw. You haven't seen it, but you're making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, because I saw the poster, and I'm like, not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that movie makes me cry. It's it's terribly okay, corny. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> Too smoky. Too many mind. Too many mind? Mind the soul. Mind the people what? Mind the enemy. Too many mind. No mind. No mind. Okay, spoiler alert. Sorry about that. Um... But uh, here's something I've realized. Some people don't want to read a whole book, Patrick. Some people don't want to watch movies because it's got a cheesy poster, Sam. And who the... Someone just writes about everything, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Who has the time? So I also have some quotes of the month that that I dug up that I thought you guys might appreciate. So if you don't have the time for books and movies, just listen to these quotes. This is from a very famous Japanese swordsman and sword swordsmanship teacher. Technique is a trap. One must train diligently so that he reaches a state beyond technique where his body moves naturally. That's by Yagyu Muninori. Technique is a trap. 
the magic is not in technique. Train diligently so you can be fully present. It's beautiful. It's so simple. Here's another one by him. There may be a hundred stances and sword positions, but you win with just one. What does that mean? What is special about that one? Why do you win with just one? With yourself. Oh. Present. <laughs> <laughs> I was never good at tests. If you're not present in that one stance, will you win? Here's one from the Bible. <laughs> it's okay. It's on audible, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. The heart is just a stand-in for presence. Keep your presence with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. That was on the bottom of my in-and-out cup. <laughs> or your diva cup. Here's one from here's one from the book of Matthew. I mean, this is this wisdom is everywhere. It's universal to every culture. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What is he saying? Don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, stay in the present moment, live bro. In, live now. Yeah. Live now. Tomorrow's troubles are for tomorrow. <laughs> Here's one of my favorite roomy quotes. When you do things from your soul, you feel a river of joy within you. Mm. I'm about to have a river of joy. I got to pee so bad. <laughs> so this wisdom is, is universal. You can find it everywhere. People, how do I be present? Um, hello. You have an entire, you have the Library of Alexandria available at your fingertips. You have Eckhart Tolle and the pain body and the diva cup. You have all of this <laughs> available to you. Here's a book. Oh, no. It's called, We're All a Mess, it's okay. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so for those of you that this is your first episode you're hearing, we, we do Bible dips on the show, where you allow Providence to choose a page and a section at random for you to read from. We did Joan Rivers' book, I Hit Everybody Starting With Me. We did the actual Bible, and now we're doing... We're All a Mess, it's okay. This is a gift given to me by my best friend, Morgan. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Morgan. Our listener. Happy birthday. And she gave me a book that birthday. is terrible. <laughs> and it says it's a collection of funny essays about one-liners, about the um, essays and one-liners about the struggles of everyday life. And they're so not funny, clever, <laughs> or good. So I'm going to, uh, Jerry, tell me when to stop. Have Patrick do it. And then I'm going to have Patrick read it. Oh, okay. Oh. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> read one of these stories. <laughs> I'll never forget my 52nd birthday. I was awake all night, passing a kidney stone. Noel Taylor. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That is it. <laughs> That's wow. It. We're all a mess and it's okay. I am present to the fact that this book sucks. <laughs> God forbid the author should ever hear this and sue us. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's and it just goes to I show you. Gain, I didn't gain anything from that. <laughs> she had a kidney stone. On her 52nd birthday. And it was bad. Thank you. Great story. <laughs> well, that was uh, not at all illuminating or, or insightful. <laughs> I'm trying to be present with it, and uh, I got nothing. <laughs> so, listen, listener, if you're struggling, if you hear this and you want to be present, you don't know how to do it, and you don't want to read books, and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to start, reach out. Go to my website, quantumtransformation.coach. You can send me a message there. I'm not going to charge you. I'll, I'll give you recommendations. I'll point you in the right direction. This is an easy thing to do. Presence is our natural state. We have trained ourselves out of it. It's easy to return to it. And there are simple, wonderful ways to cultivate presence in your life. And that presence brings joy. It brings creativity. It brings authentic expression. It brings happiness and peace. And it makes possible anything that you want. Whatever you want to create or heal or change, it's made possible by the power of presence. So reach out to me, Bug Sam, Bug Patrick, if you see him wearing a salty sweatshirt in public, he'll be listening to The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and he'll probably have some nuggets for you. This is so simple but so essential to a good life. And I'm here to support you. We're here. There are so many wonderful teachers about this. Pick up any book on this. You'll get value as long as you bring chicken. Present. <laughs> <laughs> well, chicken is good too. Yeah. Thank you, listener. Thanks for being present Zen. with us. <laughs> we appreciate your presence. Rest. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Yay, we got it. Yay. So go wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't. Tell us things you want to hear about or what we can do to improve. More fart jokes, less Steva Cup jokes, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. We want to be... Oh, Jerry, are you really going to make <laughs> We want to be present with you. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today, Patrick. Thank Thanks, you. it was fun. It was Patrick. a lot of fun. Thanks for being. Love you guys. Love you, Patrick. <laughs> with us. Okay, that's the end of that. Thanks joke. for being. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being salty. You're welcome. Now with lavender. <laughs> Can I pee now? Yeah. Okay, bye. Take the mic with you. <laughs> Knock off your shit is now on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen on Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Knock Off Your Shit is a production of Quantum Transformation Media. Find out more at quantumtransformation.coach. Well, one day when Matrick was taking a shower, I decided to unlock his phone and scroll through his history. You know, just being a normal girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just being a normal girl. To be a normal girl like the other girls. I just want to be a normal girl again. I would love romance. I don't know why I'm speaking like an old timey actress from the 40s. I was going to say lady and then girl, but it just came out. Girl. Throwing up. Uh,